0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chilling with Charlie. Today, I have with me Andrew Mack, who you might know better as Killer on Twitter, or the author of Statistical Sports Modelling in Excel, which has just been released on Amazon. Running a podcast costs money. Chilling with Charlie is proudly sponsored by Betfair Australia. Betfair operates a betting exchange and is licensed in the Northern Territory of Australia. They are not a bookmaker, and you can see how they champion data modeling by checking out bit.ly forward slash betfaircharlie, gamble responsibly. Thank you for joining me today, Andrew. Welcome to Chilling with Charlie.
1: Hi, how's it going? It's a pleasure to be here and happy to talk about uh, any and all things sports betting, sports modeling related.
0: Why don't you just tell us about your actual journey into sports, so from being an electrician to law school to now enrolled in a master's of data science with sports betting somehow intertwined in between.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd been a journeyman electrician for a number of years and the trade math and everything that's involved with that, there's a fair bit of math involved. And I actually, it's where I found my love for using math and applied math to solve problems Uh, because I, I was used to using it every day on a job site to solve the construction challenges that you know, I would be presented with by my foreman or whatever. I got into sports betting around 2012, uh, started betting on hockey because, you know, growing up in Canada, that's the sport that many of us played as kids. And, you know, it's definitely one of my favorite sports to watch. And so I just dove right into that market, did horribly at the start. I was quite square, really had no, no concept of, of what I was actually doing. Just I knew the players on the teams and I had opinions about them and I was really just gut capping. And over a course of, you know, three or four months, I had lost some money, and I was kind of, you know, annoyed about it. And sort of sat down and said, What "What's going on here? Like I want to figure this out." It seemed like a puzzle, you know, to to solve. And realized that, like the work that I was doing on a job site, analogously, it was a math problem and required math to provide a solution. And that that started a, a very long journey into learning all about statistics and about betting markets and about market pricing and modeling and everything that's led me up to where I am at the present day. Sometime uh, about three years ago, I had sort of become a little bit weary of the construction industry. The uh, the injuries were piling up for me personally, and um, some of the working conditions were pretty tough. Uh, working outdoors in Calgary in the winter is is a pretty rough experience when you need your Uh, Your fingers bare to twist wires together and uh, install lights and things like that. So I applied to law school and I got in and just finished the second year of law school last April, heading into the third year now. And, you know, was at a point where with continuing with sports modeling and sports betting in the background, I had sort of maxed out the capabilities of the models that I had built in Excel and other platforms and decided, you know, if you really want to be good at this, if you really want to take it to the next level and try to do it the best that you possibly can, maybe start seriously considering, you know, taking your your education to the next level. And that's when I applied for the Master of Science in Data Science. And so I was accepted into the MSC program in data science through James Cook University in Australia. And so now I've been doing that concurrently while finishing the last year of my law degree and And it's my hope that in doing that, you know, I'm going to get better at using programs like Python and R, MySQL, uh, machine learning models. And slowly but surely, it's been coming together for me. I've transitioned most of my models into machine learning models. And, um, you know, really at this point, just continuing on with that process, trying to learn a little more every day and trying to get better every day.
0: That's pretty interesting. So when you say you took uh, your Excel models as far as you felt, what was it about programming that you thought you couldn't do before in Excel that you needed to enroll into the masters to develop? Definitely, the first thing that caught my attention would
1: be the advanced algorithms, you know the what you would maybe consider the staple machine learning algorithms, uh, KNN, um, naive Bayes. More advanced Monte Carlo uh, simulations, Markov chains, just things that were either exceedingly difficult and cumbersome to do in Excel, or basically impossible to do in Excel unless you wanted to buy, you know, a thousand-dollar Excel add-on that was kind of buggy. So there are some, there are actually some Excel add-ons that you can use to give you capabilities to apply decision trees and random forests and um, neural net. Uh, algorithms and things like that, but they're quite expensive and they tend to be buggy. Um, They tend to crash Excel quite frequently, which is obviously not optimal. And so for me, that was initially the big draw was like, you'll have a chance to apply these more advanced algorithms to what you're doing. And probably there's something there. In learning more about data science and about using programs like R and Python, what I've realized is that there's also a great wealth in uh, data exploration and data cleaning and data wrangling, which are are huge pieces of the puzzle in terms of being able to gather, amalgamate, sort data. More advanced programs are are very much superior to simply doing it by hand or even with a VBA command in Excel.
0: A lot of this, I assume, is self-taught, or I guess before the Masters. So how did you go about teaching yourself all these skills, and all these different betting strategies, backtesting strategies, all that from a, a legal background.
1: That's a good question. There's no short, concise answer. I guess I would say just a whole lot of trial and error, and an embarrassingly long track record of, of failures, and trying. You know, I would say dumb ideas until slowly but surely they got less dumb and started being pretty decent ideas. Uh, the first models that I made were frankly quite terrible.
0: What sort of models were they and why were they terrible? Uh well
1: basic, basic models that that add nothing to maybe a given market line and 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 fail to recognize, you know, some of the assumptions that are that are part and parcel of them. So for example, you know, using basic team averages and just multiplying averages together to get, you know, an estimated or expected average and failing to realize that There is an assumption that comes along with using an average, which is that it's the center of the distribution, which is only true if the mean and the median are the same, if there's a skew and or a kurtosis to the distribution, that your average is not necessarily what you want to use and and might be quite meaningless. So things like that, that frankly, when I started, I had very little knowledge of and slowly but surely just started reading up on basic statistics learned about linear regression uh, learned about the fact that there are different distributions and different types of data and that they should be treated separately or or distinctively and um, just baby steps you know one at a time slowly but surely little improvements that you know over the course of a few years culminated in some models that that were pretty decent and we're using you know optimization techniques that I think are pretty good for Excel.
0: Were you learning online or from people? Are there sort of forums that you would go to to get advice? What are sort of the best resources for people like yourself who are self-teaching?
1: I would say definitely online, like YouTube is your friend. Um, Wikipedia is your friend. There's definitely some good forums too. I think the SBR forum is, is pretty good. But you know with forums there's an awful lot of uh, of opinion a lot of just kind of chatter that's not really helpful or meaningful to people that are actually trying to figure this stuff out. You know I did probably thousands of Google searches in terms of model techniques, modeling ideas, predictive modeling, googling various algorithms like Bradley Terry model or paired comparison model and you slowly find keywords, you know, you're reading research papers, and you're reading blogs, and you're watching YouTube videos, and you see, oh, you know, Markov chain, what is that? Maybe I should Google that or Massey rating, how does the Massy rating work? Maybe I should Google that and slowly but surely you start putting the pieces together. And un- unfortunately, there's no faster way to explain it than that. It was, it was literally just trial and error one step at a time.
0: So why the betting interest? What keeps you focused on the betting markets?
1: Well, I think that sports betting is in many ways one of my favorite intellectual challenges or puzzles. It's something that you know requires math to solve. It is exceedingly difficult, but there are people that are doing it so it is theoretically possible. And you're in competition where you, you get feedback right away. I mean if you are your ideas and your models and your process is working, and you know you should be seeing some indicators that that's true, uh, whether that's you know a yield or an ROI or beating the closing line or whatever metric you want to uh, consider. So there's some feedback right away for your efforts that you can you know slowly start to see whether or not uh, what you're doing is maybe working or maybe it's not. And I find the whole process very rewarding. And I've found that modeling itself is an awful lot of fun. It's fun to kind of brainstorm creative ideas about how you might be able to conceptualize a sport with numbers and sort of pitch your wits against the market and see how you fare. I think that's pretty fun stuff.
0: (laughs) Cool. I guess for listeners, why don't you just run us through how you would maybe approach like a sport or a market? So what kind of things do you think about uh, when you go, okay, I want to start betting on this market for this sport?
1: First of all, I would probably, if I had no idea about the sport at all, I'd probably read, you know, about the rules and get a sense of the teams. I would take a look at some of the data over the last couple of years to sort of see, okay, what kind of things are are being tracked in this sport? Then you'd look to see maybe what kind of wagers are available for this sport. Different sports have a number of different wager types that are available. And, um, You know, slowly start trying to piece some things together. Like maybe we can look at the standard deviation of win percentage amongst teams. How spread out are they? You know, how different is the best team from the worst team using a number of different metrics? Maybe we could figure out what the prediction ceiling is for this sport by using the standard deviation of the winning percentages in the standings. Maybe take a look at some historical odds and see how good is the market at pricing this sport. How accurate is the line on average? Is there maybe a potential opportunity here? And sort of look at it like that. And if you think that maybe there's an opportunity, then go about a process of, okay, what kind of data, what ingredients do I have to start with? And what could I make with something like that? And frankly, at this point in this journey for me, I would say that I have a lot of ideas from a lot of other sports that I, I would probably attempt to cross over would be my starting point. So I'd say, okay, like I have this model for the AFL or I have this model for the NHL or I have this model for, you know, Icelandic women's basketball. Maybe I could modify that somehow and shoehorn it into this and just, you know, just see how it works and really just becomes a bit of a tinkering process of trying some things, testing it, getting some feedback and and seeing if you can uh, make some headway in that new sport.
0: Uh, what about some counterintuitive things that you're always on the lookout with regards to your modeling?
1: A lot of statistics are very, very helpful at telling you what has happened with a sport, but not very good at telling you what's going to happen. I think that a lot of people take, you know, box score data or standard game uh, statistics and assume that every single one of those stats or the majority of them is, are telling you something predictive in nature that statistics about a sport and predictiveness are in some way synonymous. And I would say that that's uh, something I would caution against, certainly something, a mistake that I made early on. If you test those things, you'll see that some elements of every sport are very repeatable, as in they are closely connected to skill, which we can infer is a repeatable thing. Whereas there are are many elements of, of sports, all sports, that are random. And to focus on the things that are repeatable rather than the things that are random, because trying to model and track something that's random, it, well, it may produce a good result in the short term, it's a form of fool's gold, really, and um, can lead to a lot of unnecessary frustration.
0: What was one of the examples of that you've come across? So, Something that I guess you might have thought was repeatable, but was more luck than skill.
1: Uh, Well, I actually would have a a better example would be something that is quite repeatable that is overlooked very often. For example, two stats that are very repeatable and that do have some interesting predictive power in basketball are blocks and steals. Uh, Steals particularly are quite interesting and can be very useful for a number of wager types. But a lot of people would overlook them for the flashier, shinier things like shooting percentage or this and that. And that's not to say that those aren't important, but blocks and steals are very, very interesting because they are very, very skill-based and they do appear to be repeatable. And to use another sport, I just recently read a, a paper that Rufus Peabody released where he was talking about some of the things that are the most indi- indicative of, uh, of future performance in Major League Baseball, and as an example, he said, you know, strikeout percentage or strike strike rate for pitchers was one of the most predictable things, one of the more relatable to skill statistics, and um, you know, it was just a good reminder that you know not all statistics about a given sport are mapping something that we can forecast.
0: Okay. So I think hopefully you've got some listeners' attention. So say if they want to assess this sort of idea, whether the stat they're looking at is predictive, how would they go about it?
1: Uh, Well, the the simplest answer to that is to use kind of like a before-after framework to see basically how much of a future variable is explained by the the stats. So if you think about, you know, maybe like available stats before a game and then what happens after. So say you recorded, you know, shooting percentage in the NBA, you know, for every team for, before every game that they had and then you recorded the shooting percentage that they had during the game, you would have, you know, a before and an after sort of partition. And you can take a look at that after tracking that for quite a few observations and see how much predictive power there is in that. This is also used for great effect this type of analysis for season totals for teams. So how many how many wins is an NBA team going to get? How many wins in a season is a major league baseball team going to get over under 80 games or for baseball maybe or you know 41 games for the Detroit Pistons, something like that. And this is kind of interesting. Obviously, number of people do it with a player-based model, but if you were just trying to use a team-based model, certain statistics from the previous year are more helpful for how a team might perform in a future year than others. And this has been something that a number of research papers have been written about. It's quite out there in the open. So the methodology for exploring that type of thing is easily uh, discoverable. It's it's all over the place on the internet, but that would be the big thing is that you sort of need a, a before sample and an after sample or before data set and an after data set to compare past uh, statistics to future performance
0: tell us about your book so you've recently released a book uh, helping people uh, model sports using excel so what made you want to do it and who should be purchasing the book
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, the book is called Statistical Sports Models in Excel. And it's actually something that I never thought that I would write. I never started any of this with the intention of writing a book. Uh, My intention had always been to learn how to do this for my own financial benefit to bet on sports and to make money from it. I joined Twitter a little bit less than a year ago to basically connect with other like-minded people. You know, There's a lot you can learn from other people and that doesn't not to say that uh, people are going to be all that interested in giving up their secrets, but just bouncing ideas off of other people that are trying to solve similar problems. I think that you can learn a lot. And I also don't think that it's totally zero sum in the sense that, you know, there's a number of people that I talk to on Twitter where we're working away at different sports and we bounce ideas off of each other and we can both learn something or get a, a new model idea from one another in a way that does not, put us head to head with one another necessarily. And so I joined Twitter just to try and meet other people that were interested in sports betting and and share some ideas, bounce some ideas off people. And I noticed that, uh, you know, in sharing some of, the, some of the ideas and things that I had, I got a lot of very similar questions about modeling and about using Excel, etc. And at the same time, you know, I just started the data science program and I was transitioning my models into R. Uh, specifically, and to a lesser extent at this point, Python. And so I wasn't really relying on the Excel models anymore to make my forecasts for the game. And somewhere in between there, I just thought, you know, that there's a real market gap for basic modeling for the explicit purpose of sports betting. And, you know, maybe it would be cool to take some of these models that I have in Excel that are, you know, not too bad, but that I'm no longer really actively using or relying on to make money, them in a book walk people through exactly how they work give them working examples and help them to sort of get started and um you know almost in some sense is like a book that i wish was available when i first started and so that's what i did and the book is out now which i'm quite thrilled with and seems to be getting some good reviews which is which is awesome it's nice to know that people are getting some value out of it in terms of who should buy the book or, or what they might expect to get out of it. I would say that beginning to intermediate modelers, people that have very little or some knowledge of modeling, I think can get a lot out of the book. It walks you through some basic iterative or optimization uh, models that can be applied to any sport. So they're, they're latent rating models that infer a team's strength from the game result data that you can collect about that sport. And that provides a certain degree of flexibility because you don't actually need that much data on a sport to be able to you know, have some forecast about what's likely to occur. The, that's the upside to it, is that it's flexible and nimble enough to get into small markets where data for the given sport might be severely lacking. The downside to it is that it's not gonna be as powerful as, as more advanced models, and so as a result has a tougher time in major markets But I think that it provides a really good overview of an approach to modeling some of the techniques, the functions, uh, the setups that you can use to really get going and create your own process. And my intention was to sort of aim it towards people that were either beginners or sort of intermediate. But I've also had some really great feedback from some very, very sharp individuals that I regard highly in the sports betting community that have told me that they've gotten ideas from it, too have picked up a thing or two that they found very valuable and and so I think that anyone that's interested in modeling sports for the purpose of betting can probably pick something up from the book
0: what about next steps for you with regards to the book uh, I guess you're doing the masters now in data science are there plans to release a coding book uh no
1: <laughs> I'm uh, the plans plans for the future right now i'm i'm uh, I'm pretty happy to be back working on my models now. I'm working on um, improving my Major League Baseball market model, my main model, so for full games and full game totals. I did very well with it last year. did about 42 units. I thought that I really had it. I was feeling pretty good about myself and this year it's done quite badly and uh, something is clearly wrong. So my uh, main focus for the remainder of the summer is sort of to try and retool that in the meantime i am betting baseball props and derivatives so first five innings uh run in the first inning a few other props like hits runs errors things like that a little bit of cfl canadian football league stuff and then yeah working on the masters so right now i'm I'm currently doing a course on mysql database design and programming which i think is going to be really helpful for sports betting Obviously, being able to organize and store your data in a database and, and be able to call it uh, from a program like R or Python is is a huge step up and upgrade and efficiency. So that's, uh, that's what's on deck for right now. And then I'll be, um, be registering for courses for law school here in about two weeks, and then law school starts up in about a month and a half. So that's kind of my forecast for the next two months. Don't have any plans to write another book. I don't know if I would write a more advanced book, frankly, because, you know, I wouldn't want to talk too much in detail about the things that I'm currently doing to make money, which I think most people in the sports betting world understand. They get that there is only so much that you can explain to other people or teach other people without overstepping the line where it starts to hurt your own personal ability to do it. So I think that the book that I've written kind of managed to find that happy median of helping people without hurting my own betting prospects. I think that going into advanced data science might be a a step too far. But who knows, I
0: guess, really. You're enrolled in the master. So what kind of things are you getting out of it that is useful for your betting? And what are you getting out of it that maybe you thought you weren't going to? Uh,
1: First of all, you know, I realized just how much easier it is to do things in, in something like R rather than Excel. So the first course in the master's was all about basic data analysis using R and R Studio and I was blown away by how much easier it is once you get used to the program how much easier it is to import data to organize the data and to apply functions to be able to do things basically with uh, one sentence of code instead of spending 25 minutes you know sorting and, and organizing things in an Excel spreadsheet I was really impressed with that specifically with R uh, I found that learning how to use piping just was awesome. Like it sped everything up so much. So instead of having to make multiple cells in an Excel spreadsheet where multiple steps in a function process are calculated, you know, you can use a pipe function with multiple sort of subpipes to you know do a number of fairly complicated calculations, you know, in a couple of seconds. The other thing I would point out is that a number of models that you can make in Excel are quite easy to replicate in R using some basic packages and uh, the same type of data. So I was I was just really impressed by that. Basically, a lot of the work that I had done in the first couple of years in sports betting that had taken hours and hours to put together uh, was fairly easy to replicate in R you know, in about 15, 20 minutes. And that uh, that really sold me that this was the right way to go.
0: Cool. So if you had your time again, would you have gone down the coding route earlier? Or would you have stuck to Excel? You know, that's a really interesting
1: question. And the reason why I say that is because on the one hand, I'm tempted to say yes, I'm tempted to say, yeah, I, I should have gone back and I should have done the data science thing much earlier, because it would have been a better advantage earlier, which sort of makes sense. At the same time, I don't regret any of the time that I spent in Excel, because I learned so much from my mistakes. I learned so much from clumsily plotting my way through the different models and the different statistical concepts. And because you can see everything that's happening on an Excel spreadsheet, you get a very in-depth understanding of exactly what you know every piece of a model in an Excel spreadsheet is doing. And I think that in some ways that really helped me to get some of the basics down pat and really understand them so that when I eventually made my way to R and to Python that I already had a much better understanding. And and if I had jumped right to data science, I might not have had that or understood exactly why, you know, we do some things a certain way rather than others. And so uh, on the one hand, like I said, I'm tempted to say, yeah, I should have done it earlier. On the other hand, I'm, I'm happy and grateful that I had the chance to learn on Excel because I think it's helped me to become a better sports modeler.
0: What about next steps for you? So you've enrolled into this master's because you wanted to improve your sports modeling betting game. Yeah. What do you think are next stages for you?
1: Well, for this year, I would like to try and convert a number of the models that I have into Bayesian models. So I would like to take them from a sort of a frequentist approach to a Bayesian approach. I would like to continue learning more about Bayesian methods and, and see if I can employ a little bit more monte carlo simulation because i think that simulations are a great way to help price and forecast you know the inherent uncertainty that is sporting events what else i'm also hoping to set up a modeling base for myself that relies on python and r and also a mysql database so i'd like to have that sort of configured for myself to do some experiments with by the end of this year and um if I can get some of those things going in the right direction, I think I'm going to be in good shape here.
0: And for the listeners, if they're just starting out in their sports betting journey, uh, what are the top three resources you would recommend as someone who's been there many years ago?
1: Well, I would say, I'm not sure if this is totally an answer to your question, but I would say that the first thing you want to understand is, is the betting part because the modeling is very difficult, but it makes a lot more sense if you understand market pricing and how market pricing works and some of the fundamentals of you know what goes into a price and what a price implies i think i would start with the betting part and then move to models and probably one of the better books at least for me the way that i started i read sharper by true poker joe which is a great book that goes into uh, considerable detail on the betting element of sports betting And uh, can really help you understand what's going on there. The Logic of Sports Betting is another book by Ed Miller that's fantastic, talking about the betting component. And um, before that, I read a, a few other books that were pretty good. A book called Winning Sports Betting by Masaru Kenemoto, which is actually a really good hybrid between the betting element and some of the beginning modeling elements. He doesn't go too, too into detail, but he does explain in broad strokes the kind of things that you want to do to create a basic model. And uh, I think talks about a derivative model and a logistic regression model for baseball and things like that. That was really, really good. Those are probably some of the first places that I would look to. And then um, the other author that's very, very good is, uh, and hopefully he'll forgive me if I mispronounce his name, but um, Joseph Buchdahl or Buchdel. Uh, has written some fantastic books on sports betting. And his first one, Fixed Odds Sports Betting, which was primarily about uh, soccer markets, is a really great book for getting some basic foundational ideas for creating a model, creating team ratings, and factoring those into market pricing. All of those I found, that one I had to find used because it came out uh, a fair while ago, even when I bought it. I think, yeah, 2003, something like that. But that was a fantastic book, and all of those books really helped to sort of get me, you know, lined up the right way, and um, gave me a good idea of sort of what the goal was. So those would probably be my recommendations for where to start.
0: Thank you very much for joining me today, Andrew. And if people want to get in touch, what's the best way?
1: Uh, they can reach me on Twitter at GingeFaceKilla. That's probably the easiest way. Um, usually there. Uh, in and out throughout the day, and uh, that I would say that's definitely the easiest way to get a hold of me.
0: Cool. Once again, thank you very much for coming on. I had a great time, and I hope you did as well.
1: Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome just to talk to you about a couple little odds and ends related to sports betting. It's been fun. <laughs>